quarter final lineup for the european championship is ready we have witnessed some incredible games there were a few shocks in the round of 16 we have seen world champions france being knocked out defending champions portugal crashing out former winners germany and netherlands are both out the first knockout round was definitely not short of drama Uh, they were i think the third day of the round when we saw spain uh, beating croatia in extra time uh, and france losing on penalties to switzerland uh, was undoubtedly the best day of the tournament wasn't it yeah i mean not just the best day of the tournament you know vargap i from whatever time i can remember watching sport uh, i think i think my first memories would go back to the the 1982 world cup semi finals which were first beamed uh, live in india so it's it's almost 40 years i cannot think of a more eventful uh you know day of sport uh, mm. as it turned out it was just two football games but it was it was crazy it was chaotic it was it was crazy it left you breathless so so i mean it is not just about this tournament uh, i can't think of another another let's say another uh, football tournament where we had two such back to back games i just can't think of I mean, maybe there was but i just can't seem to remember it yeah i mean incredible games and uh, particularly the way uh, i mean croatia fought back uh, we didn't think something similar would happen uh, in the next game and switzerland fought back to exactly in the same manner and absolutely. not only that they went on to win on penalties yeah absolutely i mean you know it really catching your breath back after that spain croatia game uh, and then you see something similar it, it it pretty much follows the same script you know like like the game like the first of the pre quarter finals on monday spain were in control they looked like sealing the game uh, luis enrique was taking out his attacking players ferran torres and he was bringing in players to manage the game and close it out and suddenly they were gobsmacked uh, similarly here you know france uh, showed such incredible attacking prowess in those 15 20 minutes to go 3-1 up and then they are the world champions they are a team that knows how to take out such games and you wouldn't think i mean something like this is going to happen again mm-hmm. credit to switzerland and you know they they just kept believing and amazing how they turned that around absolutely credit goes to switzerland and i think they read the situations very well i mean especially i mean when they uh, you know 
failed to convert that penalty in the second half. Uh, they had the chance. Yeah, they were like absolutely 2-0 up. Yeah. And then to concede three goals, I think any team would have been crestfallen. And I mean, they got back, uh, they fought back immediately and got uh, those two goals back. Uh, and now they have a quarterfinal game coming up against Spain. Uh, and I mean, that that really makes for a very interesting game. I mean, uh, Spain really, when they started the tournament, it seemed like uh, they have problems uh, finishing chances. Uh, and we saw they didn't score uh, against uh, Sweden uh, in the next game. They did score, but again, they weren't very convincing. And then against Slovakia, they scored five times. Uh, and then again, they scored, and then they five, scored times. five times again. again. Yes. So, I mean, 10 goals in their last two games and uh, it's quite incredible. So, I mean, you can't really, I mean, at one point we thought, okay, they may not be the favourites. But right now, I think uh, you can't really say that they are not. I mean, the way they have been finishing chances, I, I think, of course, they, this is a very tricky Swiss side. But I think that you can't really discount uh, the fact that they are you know, one of the top contenders now. Yeah, no, absolutely not. You know, and, and, and the thing is, they also showed the kind of mental steel that yeah. I think France sorely lacked. I mean, yeah. they were 3-3, uh, Croatia had made it 3-3 pretty much out of nowhere. Yeah, And then Unai Simon, uh, the man who let them down so terribly early in mm. the game, mm. makes a save Good. that keeps from going 4-3 up. 4-3 that night, I don't think Spain would have come back again. Mm. But Unai Simon keeps them in the game, which is proof of why, you know, Enrique trusts him, which is proof of why he's mm. the number one goalkeeper ahead of David Dahaya. And then, Morata. Spain scored more. Yeah, and Morata's goal was incredible. And Morata, yes. I mean, what a goal he scored. And, and you know, it is, it is, again, it tells you why Enrique uh, trusts him so much. You know, taking that ball down with your right foot, cushioning it, and then scoring with his weaker foot, left foot into that. And what an important goal. What a goal to redeem your reputation. So, uh, you know, so I think I think Spain have also shown, apart from their obvious abilities uh, in attack, mm. they've also shown the kind of mental fortitude mm. that is so crucial to taking out winning games in, in, in knockout uh, rounds of a major tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but again, I mean... As I said, very tricky Swiss side. So, uh, even though Spain are the favourites for this one, I think uh, the Swiss will give um, everything that they can. And we saw, I mean, against France, uh, Shaka had an incredible game. Uh, Seferovic, he's not really the most prolific of goal scorers, but he got... But he refuses to give up. But he yeah, refuses to give up. And, 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 and the I, way he... He fights, he, yeah, he fights for every ball. I mean, it's uh, so. I mean, it's it's not very easy to defend against him. Uh, and of course, there are players like Shakiri and Kavranovic. What an incredible goal that night! The composure, what an incredible goal! Absolutely, absolutely. To make that finish. It's incredible. So yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be very easy for Spain either. Even though I think they should just about make it to the semis from here. Uh, but yeah, I mean. The other uh, quarterfinal in that bracket, I mean, whoever wins this game, Spain or Switzerland, will face mm. uh, Belgium or Italy in the semis. Uh, and mm-hmm. that is going to be a cracking quarterfinal. I mean, two teams who have uh, done incredibly well in this tournament. Both had, I mean, slightly, maybe one can say that underwhelming displays in the round of 16. 
but they got through and uh, Belgium weren't really dominating the game against Portugal. They were, you know, defending for large periods of that game. But they managed that game very well against uh, one of the best attacks in this tournament. So, I mean, they they are really, I mean, this is probably their best chance to win a major tournament, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know what? The Belgium-Portugal game, it, it reminded me more of, yes, you said you, they were managing the game. It is true that Portugal attacked. It is also true that they missed a few chances. I mean, Jota, for instance, on either side of half-time, they mm. missed chances, yes. But, you know, Portugal really played into Belgium's, um, you know, how should I say, Portugal really found themselves ensnared in, 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 mm. in Belgium's trap by, by, you know, just focusing on putting in balls from the side into the area. And, and that is exactly what Belgium would have wanted. They have aging centre-backs. Uh, Vertogen, Vermalen, they are seriously old, like Chiellini yeah. and Bonucci. They don't have speed. And Portugal never really tried to, you know, attack, tried to take on Belgium's lack of speed in defence. And mm. and uh, they did exactly what Belgium would have wanted them to do. So, yes, it credit to Belgium for being able to push them wide and for being able to get them to do exactly what they wanted to do. Although I think, you know, Fernando Santos should have worked things around better given the kind of attacking talent he had at his disposal. Mm. So, so uh, it, it, it looked a little chaotic in the end uh, yeah. for Portugal. Just like it did for France. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy as to why... I don't know, maybe you're digressing here a bit. It's crazy as to why uh, Deschamps went, decided to go for three centre-backs in a, mm. in a game uh, as crucial as that. And it led to even an experienced and mature team like France not having a clue as to what was happening in the first half. What is really disappointing for me here is, uh, it's okay. In, in tournament games, teams lose, penalties are lotteries. Uh, Mbappe missed today, he'll score tomorrow. But those 15-20 minutes when France were attacking, boy, that was the best football we've seen so far. Kind of attacking combination play that uh, Griezmann, Mbappe, Pogba, mm. Benzema were working out and Kingsley Coman, who came in as a second-half substitute. It was mind-blowing. I mean, they were there fizzing it across the park. Yeah, and when Pogba scored that third goal, I thought it was over. The game was over at that point. Yeah, pretty much everybody in the world thought, except 11 Swiss maybe. And, yeah. uh, then, and like there were, I think, 13-14 minutes left. Uh, and so, it's quite incredible how the Swiss got back into that game. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, talking about that uh, Belgium-Italy quarter-final... Uh, hmm. Italy too didn't have it easy in the round of 16 and uh, for a point, uh, in fact, I think uh, it looked like for a minute or so that uh, they were they had gone behind when the Arnautovic uh, scored from, uh, you know, that marginal offside position. Yeah. And yes. uh, <laughs> I saw, I remember seeing that, seeing the replays on the screen, all the Italians, they, they, they were just, you know, completely shocked uh, at what had happened and Italy didn't really, you know, dominate that game. And but thing is, what really, what we really saw about Italy in that game was the depth uh, they have in their attack. Uh, I mean, yeah, players like Chiesa, Pessina, they can come on and change games anytime. And Chiesa has had an incredible uh, season with uh, Juventus. Yes. And yes. I mean, even in fact, in big games, uh, you can say that he has been more impactful than Cristiano Ronaldo for Juventus. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he hasn't been starting games for Italy. And again, you can understand that because they've got 
a three man forward line that is combining gelling very well with each other mm-hmm. uh, and kiesa uh, to have kiesa on your bench it's it's quite an incredible option to have for mancini so i mean uh, it will be an interesting quarter final uh, i i hope we see uh, the kind of goal fests that we have seen in the round of 16 uh, when belgium play italy uh, but i think uh, belgium maybe just about you know will be able to get the job done this time and maybe uh, reach that semis what do you think i think italy i think italy mm. because um, you know anything could happen in a game like this mm. but uh, they are a team that's on a high at this point in time and uh, belgium have injuries to key players which yeah. is not the case with italy now yeah. having said that belgium are still a very very potent threat i mean the world's mm. number one football team will be a potent threat mm-hmm. but how fit are de bruyne and hazard eden hazard now mm. now that you cannot just say hazard anymore because of what torgan did the other night so i don't know how fit they would be for the quarter finals and I'm, i'm not so sure so if they are not fully fit i would say italy is slightly ahead i think also could depend on how uh, lukaku plays i mean he has had a very good tournament so far and he's doing really well he's doing this, really well this hold up place incredible i mean uh, and i think he's improved as a player where was since going to italy and uh, i big think big time big time uh, i think he's going to be uh, uh, you know big he's mm. going to have a huge influence in that game you know the point you made about lukaku his hold up play see nowadays you do not really have that kind of number 9 Let's say of the drug bar kind. Okay, so so there is a fair amount of falling back, you know, maybe creating. At the same time, you need to have those skills to go past one player and score. Now Lukaku has now evolved into a more complete attacking player than he was at Manchester United, I would say. And so so yes, I completely agree with you. You know, he's he's improved. You know, after going to Italy and the kind of form he's in at this point in time. it often needs two defenders to tackle him alone sometimes three defenders to tackle him alone and so imagine the kind of space that could open up uh, for other players when you have players like torgan hazard eden hazard kevin de bruyne uh, mm. axel witsel uh, these guys could just go and score so yes if lukaku gets into the kind of form that he is in reproduces the kind of form he is uh, in now mm. and if these two players are fit against uh, italy i would agree with you that you know belgium could pip italy otherwise i'd continue to say that you know italy would be my favorites to go through but yeah should be a very uh, good game regardless of who uh, wins yes, and um, i mean talking about the other bracket i mean it looks like uh, denmark have a very good chance of uh, making it to the semis i mean after losing their first two games it's it's incredible that they they've come this far and now they can reach the last four Uh, but they have to beat Czech Republic first in Baku, and uh, mm. that is uh, another game. You, I mean, it's it's really difficult to make a prediction about because Czech Republic. We don't really know what we can get. Uh, we, we saw them; they started the season, they started the tournament really well, and okay, they lost to England. But I mean, they haven't really shown a lot of weakness uh, so far in this competition. and uh, even against netherlands uh, i mean of course they benefited from the red card uh, that netherlands got the delict got but of all people delict yeah with that i think that was a huge letdown I that mean, was a for blunder a of his maturity and his ability yes big blunder but even apart from that i mean uh, 
Netherlands weren't playing well and Czech Republic really controlled uh, the game very well even before the red card. So, I mean, uh, it's a team you can't really un- uh, underestimate and uh, I think uh, it's going to be a very even uh, uh, quarterfinal between Czech Republic and uh, Denmark. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. Uh, and, you know, Kasper Hulman has said that he would have preferred Netherlands uh, rather than the Czech Republic in the quarter. So And, and it's, it's mm. obviously not without reason. So, Czechs are more solid as a team. Netherlands have shown, you know, that they take in late goals against Ukraine. They have shown vulnerabilities at the back. So, possibly, uh, Hulman has a point when he says he would have preferred Netherlands to the Czech Republic. But having said that, Denmark are completely on a roll now. No team would want to come up against Denmark in the kind of form they're in. It mm. is not just the Ericsson thing. Of course, of course, that Ericsson episode is driving this team forward. It has got them to bond together like brothers. But this mm. is also a very good team. I mean, yeah, they have, is. have a number of very good players. Look at the way, look at the ease with which Hoybeer has adjusted himself in a different role than the one he plays at Spurs. Mm. So, you know, this is, and he's just one of them. So, look at the way Damsgaard, I mean, how many players would have been able to slip into Ericsson's shoes and just go on? I mean, it, it, that in itself, and Damsgaard is what, 20 years old or something. So, this is a very well-drilled, very good team who feel very well looked after by a coach and are led by a person who they all look up to in, in, in Simon Kier. So, so, yes, I mean, I think Denmark are also a very good team for whom this entire Ericsson episode has been the impetus that has taken them to the next level. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, you look at the Wales game, uh, they didn't have uh, Yusuf Polson. And the way, uh, I mean, Kasper Dahlberg uh, stepped up to take up that role and he scored a couple of goals, very good goals. Uh, I think they have a lot of depth as well. So, yeah, I mean... If I were to pick a favorite for this one, uh, Denmark have a slight edge, of course, without mm. a doubt. Mm. Uh, so, mm. I mean, it will be an interesting game to look forward to. Uh, and if they win this game, uh, most likely a semi-final meeting with England. Uh, uh, England, of course, are playing Ukraine in the uh, other quarterfinal. That will be the last uh, quarterfinal uh, and will be played in Rome. Uh, but, I mean, what a win for England against Germany. I would, most of us, uh, I mean, expected Germany yes. to, you know, dominate the game after seeing that lineup. Uh, I mean, for two defensive midfielders and five defenders. And I think England really controlled that game very well, uh, even though they didn't attack a lot. But they really managed to shut out the German attack. And barring that chance for Thomas Muller, I don't really recall them having a another very good scoring opportunity throughout the but early in the game when Timo Warner broke free yeah, about Pickford yeah. came Pickford there. So, yeah. so yeah, credit Pickford for that. Yeah. Um, okay, first, like you said, we got this wrong about England. We thought that they would be stodgy. They were stodgy, yeah. uh, but they controlled the game. It was stodgy in a good way, and in those difficult or important moments. They came to the party better than Germany did. I mean, I think it was Don Hutchinson who was saying on TV um, on Tuesday night mm. that look at the kind of impact substitutes made. So Grealish came on around the same time as uh, Ganabri did. Yeah. Ganabri was invisible mm. and Grealish had a role to play in both courts. Mm. The first one was his pass to Shaw and the second one was his assist. So th- those impactful players 
I think in those important moments, England did well. And, you know, here it needs to be said that maybe Gareth Southgate does not get enough credit for doing what he is doing. First of all, he's, he comes across as an extremely decent person. You've met him in Russia at press conferences. He's not your flamboyant kind of smart-talking coach, but he, his insistence on you know, taking a knee, his insistence on doing things that, that he and the team think are right in the face of repeated provocation to do exactly the opposite uh, is really commendable. And he knows how to win games. I mean, like you said, uh, England controlled the game even with a lineup that we all that caught us all by surprise. But that lineup possibly restricted both Kimish and Guzans and ensured that Cruz, with Declan Rice and Calvin Phillip in the middle, ensured that Cruz did not have the kind of influence he can have to change games. And of course, Muller has had an anonymous tournament. Muller, Mbappe have been completely anonymous in this tournament. So, uh, that that did not help. But I think credit to Southgate for uh, setting up the team the way he did and credit to England for proving all of us wrong. And now, unless they, unless they bungle, mm. they will be in the second semi-final of a major. Yeah. Uh, consecutive second semi-final of a major. Absolutely. And you make a very good point about uh, Southgate. I think uh, absolutely he doesn't get uh, enough credit. And I think a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that he hasn't really managed a big club. Uh, yes. I, I, I think, I mean, Failure at Middlesbrough yes. are the only club that he managed. And I mean, that was a period when, you know, that club was slightly on the decline. And uh, in fact, they have never come back. Oh, they came back up once, but that's it. And once, they haven't yes. really uh, recovered since that relegation. And he gets... Uh, judged on that and uh, I mean of course uh, barring that he managed that England youth team uh, but that's about it uh, so he he was not really expected to be you know a long-term England manager uh, and the fact that he is mm. doing well uh, is of course uh, I mean surprising to a lot of people uh, and I mean again uh, yesterday you look at the team composition of England he was uh, Southgate was criticized uh, because of the fact that he left out so many of his talented... Attacking players. Yeah, uh, I mean, Sancho was not there, Grealish was not there, but Saka was there. Uh, but thing yeah. is, you, you look at Saka, he has played uh, as a wing-back for Arsenal so many times. And I think uh, probably he thought that maybe it's it's a good idea to have someone with more defensive qualities on the left flank, uh, you know, someone who can protect the full-back. And uh, I think Luke Shaw and Trippier are both uh, very different, uh, you know, fullbacks. And Luke Shaw in particular has been, I mean, he, the way he has uh, evolved his game, he's, uh, he's become more attacking. And he, of course, we saw him contribute to both those goals uh, yesterday. Uh, and I think probably he thought, okay, let's uh, just go with someone who can provide some sort of uh, defensive uh, solidity to the fullback. And I think... Uh, I mean, his composition has been uh, very simple throughout this tournament. Just, you know, try and uh, make sure that the opposition uh, cannot dominate, uh, control the game. As simple as that. And he has done that very well against uh, Croatia. But that's what wins the tournaments. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, look, when, when France tried to mess up with uh, what was otherwise a set team, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I had read or heard somewhere that, you know, in close to 120 games in charge, Deshaun has played a back three only four times, mm-hmm. including the one uh, against uh, uh, against Switzerland in the pre-quarter. So, so, bottom line, keep it simple. When you're doing it well, keep it simple. And Southgate has understood that. You know, intricate stuff don't win you tournament football, mm-hmm. international tournament football, simply you because you do not have time. Absolutely. With the players in the, in the way you would have had at a club. Absolutely. So keep it simple and Southgate has under and it's it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Like you said, you know, given the wealth of attacking talent at his disposal, it is not easy to do what Southgate is doing. And can you imagine how much how he would have been thrammed, roasted, mm. uh, had had England uh, not <laughs> won the game against Germany? True. Now to do that, to show the kind of courage of conviction to leave out of Infoden. To mm. leave out Dominic Calvert Lewin from the from the squad, mm. uh, to not play Sancho, it requires a lot of courage and credit to this man for being able to stick to it. Mm. It just shows that he has confidence in himself and he has confidence in his team and he has confidence in the way he wants England to play. He thinks that's the most effective way to get out games, and they have kept clean sheets in four games. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. they haven't conceded uh, a goal yet. So yeah. Incredible record. And I mean, you look at uh, this team, uh, say, uh, against Germany, had they conceded a goal, at the end of the day, you have options like uh, Sancho, Grealish, uh, you know, Calvert-Lewin, so many talented players on the bench. Uh, So I think uh, he knew what he was doing when he put up that team. Uh, and now, uh, I think they have an incredible chance to reach uh, the final. I, I think both the quarterfinal and the semifinal matchups are uh, for them. I think both are very uh, winnable fixtures, uh, especially the next game against Ukraine. I mean, uh, slight bit of an upset against Sweden because I thought uh, Sweden could have won that game in uh, within 90 minutes, they hit the post, uh, the goal frame twice. Yeah, both teams hit the post. I mean, I, again, yeah. I've not come across a game again. I can't think of one where both teams hit the post yeah. within, in the same Within minute. a minute, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was in the 55th or 56th minute. So, Ukraine yeah. hit the post. And yeah. in the same minute, Sweden hit the post. So, yeah. it was a crazy but Sweden, game. Sweden hit the post again. I mean, and yes, they hit again. So, I mean, a bit of a... <laughs> I mean, slightly unfortunate for Emil Forsberg. But uh, again, I mean, uh, once uh, they had the uh, one-man advantage, they took, uh, uh, I mean, the full advantage of it towards the end. Uh, and Zinchenko had a very good game, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think first, uh, I think that red card, uh, it was it was incredible that the defender was actually protesting. And he had yeah. uh, <laughs> this Ukraine player, Beshenov, right? Mm. Now, he left the field with his knee in an ice pack. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no reason for the guy to think that this was not a red card, that he'd been unfairly done in. One. Yeah. Uh, two, you mentioned Zinchenko. I think I think the way Zinchenko has also acquitted himself in a different role, like Hoybjerg, like uh, Wijnaldum uh, for Holland, like Alaba, who's playing in different positions for Austria. I think the way Zinchenko has acquitted himself uh, from being an inverted left back at City, where he's not got enough games, to being one in central midfield. Yesterday, he played pretty much like a wing back. Yeah. Uh, and the kind of energy that he brought in, uh, you know, this 121st minute, he's still making those runs. And he still has the, has the technique and the temperament to play that ball in the way that it's met with a header, almost hurricane-like. Yeah. And Ukraine are in the quarterfinals. 
so it is it is true that ukraine kind of got in with a because they they had a fair slice of luck to get in to the yeah. pre quarters because uh, had slovakia not disintegrated and had poland not lost they would have gone home but that said they really they were not overawed by the fact that they were playing a pre quarter final uh, in the euros a position they're not used to sweden are sweden are used to playing uh, you know pre quarters and quarters of majors so ukraine are not and you know in alexander isak in forsberg who had a great tournament robin olsen sweden have players who are more experienced at this level absolutely so credit to ukraine yes okay that red card helped but i think credit to ukraine for you know staying in the game for being able to look sweden in the eye and then coming out winner at the 121st minute yeah absolutely and credit to uh, shevchenko as well i mean for managing that game well uh, so mm. i mean they obviously will go in as the underdogs but they have nothing to lose i mean coming out yeah they went in as the underdogs here too yeah. so yes so coming out of the group with three points they made made it this far they have nothing to lose now and obviously england are the favorites and i do expect england to go through but who knows i mean anything can happen uh, in mm. football so yeah i mean quite a few incredible games we have already had and hopefully the next week uh, won't disappoint uh, i mean so many uh, exciting fixtures uh, to look forward to uh, by the time we meet next week uh, we'll also have the lineup for the final so uh, to all our listeners enjoy the games in this coming week and let's meet again next week see you next time then This was an episode of Kicks for Free. Do like and follow us on @htsmartcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and write to us at podcast@hindustantimes.com. You can also follow us on our Twitter handles at @dimanht and at @bhargav sharma. You can listen to more podcasts by logging into htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.